Parshas Miketz always falls out during the Yom Tov of, of Hanukkah. That's a, that's a given, and therefore there there must be a connection between the the story of Yosef and Paroi and his introduction to to Paro and his uh, rise to power in Mitzrayim. But let's take it from the beginning of the Parsha. Vahimi Kates on page 222. Vahimi Kates Yomim. It was the end of the two years to the day. That's the, the Lushen. Shnosayim is two years. Yomim means days, which means to the day it was the end of the two years, of the extra two years that the Torah doesn't talk about exactly, but he was in jail two extra years. He was in jail a total of, of 12 years. He was supposed to be in jail 10 years, but he was in jail for 12 years. And Chazal say it was because of his lack of perspective. I don't want to call it Yosef, lack of emuna, but it was a lack of perspective that, that uh, he had in, in appreciating... In appreciating um, where he should put his his efforts to leave the jail and understand why he's in jail. Let's put it that way in, in a deeper sense. And therefore, he had to spend two additional years. But when the day came, to the day when it came the time for him to leave, he was he was out. Now, and and the and Paroi is dreaming. Chaloim is the noun, a dream, is called the Chaloim. Choyleim is that Paroi actively, the, it's the verb of he's dreaming. And Chazal tell us, That there's a there's a perspective of reality that's going on here um, in in the in the parsha. That the medrash highlights when it says the medrash says kates sam lachoshech. And it's a pasuk in Eiyuv the Medrash brings that when it was the end of Yosef's time that he was supposed to be in in jail, so Paro is dreaming. He didn't dream yesterday. Maybe yesterday he did dream, but and the two days before he was dreaming about something else. People dream all the time. All of a sudden, Paro is dreaming. The dream that is going to take him out of jail. It it happened at the exact moment that that was at the end to the day of the time that Yosef had to be in jail. And Paro dreams something so unusual that for him, the normal course of events, when he, he has a dream, so it bothers him. So sometimes you go back, you turn over, you go back to sleep. Sometimes you wake up, oh, a dream, I wake up in a cold sweat, and uh, oh boy, uh, I, you tell your wife about it, you tell your friends about it, 
and and in Paro's situation, he was a king. So he tell, he it seems that the Chazal tell us he called all his advisors, and he told them about his dream. I have to have an interpretation. This it's bothering me. So obviously his 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 wife and his friends. Are, he went to the gym. He he shared his dreams, <laughs> and no no one says that he called all his his advisors. What does this mean? Tell me, interpret my dreams. I have astrologers. I have the whole division of, of, of dreamers, dream interpreters, and it's not satisfactory. And Chazal are telling us because Paro and more importantly Yosef had to realize why were you in jail? Why is this happening to you? And very often, we, we focus on the details that we don't see the big picture. Right? And, and that very often can have devastating um, re- a reality. Devastating reality. And in this situation, um, we find that, that this is going to be a a game changer for Yosef. And it all started because Paro is having a dream. And Paro could not be satisfied with any of the interpretations until the word got out all over Egypt. Paro had a dream. Paro had a dream. And he's he's not happy. His interpreters, Rashi tells us that his interpreters said you're going to have seven daughters and they're going to to die and, and all types of interpretations and it was unsatisfactory to the king. The king realized somehow that if if I as the king I'm having this dream it must be a king-sized dream. <laughs> and a king-sized dream needs an interpretation that matches a, a king-sized problem and you're not satisfied. You're talking about my family, you're talking about me personally, that's not I feel in my bones that this is not the right interpretation. So the word gets out, as the, as the Pasuk, the Parsha tells us, and the Torah describes what the dreams are, very interesting dreams. He, had, he saw seven fat cows come out of the Nile. The Nile is the source of sustenance, of course, for Egypt. Um, and he saw seven nice fat cows come out. And then there were seven skinny cows came out, and the seven skinny cows ate up the seven fat cows. I mean, it's like a bedtime story you tell your kids, right? And you read it out of a book, the Berenstein Bears, maybe, and, and, uh, and okay, the kid goes to sleep. And then the seven sheaves of, of wheat, the one that were, looked very healthy, the ones that looked very slim, and they swallowed them up, and, and he was stressing about this that he couldn't get an interpretation to his dream. The word got out so much so that even the, the butler of Paro heard about this, as the Torah says. The Torah says, Vahi Baboker was in the morning, and Paro related his dream to them. He was his spirit was agitated. So bothered him, he couldn't get up, get over, on with his day, and he summoned all the. I 
can't even pronounce that word that Artsko writes. Necromancers. Necromancers, very good, whatever that means. The people who interpret dreams, I imagine. And Paro related them to his dream, but none could interpret them for Paro. Which Rashi says, he wasn't satisfied with the interpretation that they gave. Of course, they gave some kind of interpretation. Then the Chamberlain of and of the cupbearers spoke up in front of Paro. My transgression, I, you know, I'm, I'm telling over my, my sins, which is an interesting Lushan. He didn't sin to, to Paro. He says, I was in jail and I also had a dream myself and the and the and the baker, and we all we both dreamed, and we were stressed about our dreams. Not the kid, like the king's interested in his dreams. You're just a butler. What are the head of the butlers? What are, you give me a cup of wine when I'm thirsty? But he says, but we and we didn't have an interpretation of the dream, and there was there a child, a Jewish child, Nar Ivri, and we told him our dreams, and he hit it on the head. Exactly the way he interpreted the dreams, that's the way it came out. Exactly. So, Paro sent, says, okay, bring him up. All of a sudden, he's interested in a Jewish child, and Paro sent, summoned Joseph, and he rushed him to, from the dungeon, and the, the Gemara says, they took him, and they, they gave him a shower, gave him new clothing, a haircut, and all that. Can't come to the king, and, and he says, "I hear that you're an interpreter of dreams." And, Paro, and Joseph answers Paroi, and he says, "Vayan Yosef is Paroi Bilodai Elokim Yan Eshloim Paroi." If God wills it, God is the interpreter of dreams, and if God wants, He'll interpret your dream. And of course, we know that He tells him over the whole dream and the Torah. Interesting goes through it and says the dreams again. Why say him the first time if you say he dreamt and then no? This is it's it's reminiscent of Eliezer we had in in back in in in, in Bracious in the beginning of the Parshias about Eliezer when he's looking for a wife and he came to the well and the story is repeated twice. There Chazals tell us the Yafasi Chosan shall have the Yavis, Mitarasan shall because it's, there's such an elaboration on the story twice. Pages uh, going on in the Torah here also. But here we don't find the Chazal tell us this. But it's, it's, it has to be true. Because the story is repeated twice. And then of course Yosef, Yosef uh, interprets the dreams and tells him that the seven cows and the seven sheaves it's all one dream. The seven fat cows and the seven fat sheaves are all one, those are seven fat years. And the seven lean cows and lean, these are the seven lean years. After the fat years are going to come lean years. And you better prepare. And all of a sudden, Yosef becomes not only the interpreter of the dreams, but his advisor on economic, who asked him to be the economic advisor. But, and Paro is blown away. Who is this kid? He has to work for me. I have to have him as my advisor, second to the throne, and, and all of a sudden Yosef is found in Wilson position. And, and and not only that, the commentaries point out that that when he became the the viceroy of the king, all of a sudden Paro finds him a shidduch. What the king is a shatchan all of a sudden? He has to make some parnas on the side. He needs <laughs> well, since when does a king become a, a, a shatchan? 
So there are nine. Lutaira gives three reasons why he did this. Interesting, interesting, but you know, what what is going on? The idea is that Yosef is is being overwhelmed with the responsibility of his position, what he has to do for his father and family who are who are just about ready to come down to Mitzrayim. He has to be in position. He has to be with the right mindset. A dream is a forebearer of, could be a forebearer of something that is in the cards to happen. And this, this is the, this is the, the, the connection um, this is the connection really with, with Hanukkah. Um, in the Sefer of, of um, David Zucker, called Ateras Dudoyen, he's the Rosh Kail in Chicago for many, many decades, very Chashavit Hamachacham. So he has, in this week's Parsha, he says that very often people can see current events and understand them with less than a mature understanding. And he says a cute story that he brings from Rabbi Galinsky. Rabbi Galinsky, who was a a famous uh, Magid in Eretz Yisrael, used to come to Los Angeles. Uh, He was a very short man. There's books written about him. Rabbi Yaakov Galinsky, very famous uh, speaker, orator in in Eretz Yisrael. He learned in the Nevardic Yeshiva. So he says he remembers when he was a young boy. So since his mother used to know how to read the newspaper, so all the women in the neighborhood used to come. They were illiterate. They couldn't read. So his mother used to read them the daily news, the paper that came out from that good soil, I guess. Because people were dying for news. It was between the wars, and people always wanted to know what was going on. So that that day in the paper, there was a, a lot of talk about the English, New English ship, the Titanic, right, that was being built and was being planned and it was being, you know, designed and everything. And the paper was there on the paper and his mother is, is peeling potatoes before the women came. And a woman, an older woman came early and she sees the paper on the table. And she sees the picture of the Titanic she gives a shriek. Says, says, Mrs. Galinsky says, "How are you peeling potatoes when look what's going on in the world? There's a big ship that is sinking." So she looked. What are you talking about? She says. She looks at the newspaper. She had the newspaper upside down. So she, she didn't know the, how to read the words, but she had to see the picture of the ship upside down in in the ocean. <laughs> or something she couldn't say. I guess it wasn't clear pictures. And she, to her, this was a tragedy. It was an unbelievable yeah. event. So she says, and my, my dear friend, let's turn the paper right side. This is how you look at the paper. It's sitting nicely, very majestically on the ocean. And here, well, I'll tell you about it in a, in a few minutes. Uh, tell let me, let me finish my, my peeling my potatoes for Shabbos. You know, and so, so Rabbi Kalinsky said, very often, 
we hear things, news, and it, based on our limited interpretation, our limited mindset, we interpret things in one way, and it could have a tremendous impact on our life. And there are people who are orchestrating this. Obviously, there are people who want us to hear what we want, what they want us to hear, and not hear what we don't want. It. We've been we've been through this in the news and the politics, you know, uh, too much. And 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 people only believe and only they don't know how to absorb limited information. And that's why you know sometimes things are uh, it's. We get a TMI, you know, too much information. We're bombarded, and we don't know how to handle and how to interpret things. The Yom Tov of Hanukkah, the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, which we're in the middle of, we're halfway through the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, is a Yom Tov where came at a time of history, but it came at a point to teach us like we say, we say in the in the Alanisim, we say Alanisim v'alapurkan. These are all the the miracles bayomim hohem bazmanazeh. What do, what do those words mean? Bayomim hohem in those days, in our time. It's really really redundant. What do, what do those words mean? So the Alter of Kelm, you know, it says I I, I just. Divrei Torah have to be new to us. Every day we open up a chumash, every time we read Parshas Miket, we want, we, we want to read it with a new pair of eyes. And every time we daven, we want to daven with a, with a new approach. Not yesterday's tefillah, that we know the words, that we can close our eyes and say them by heart. It's, we know it didn't change since yesterday. But it, we changed. Hopefully we changed. And we have a different perspective. And he says that's what, that's what Hanukkah is all about. That with a new pair of eyes, we can apply the the miracles that happened in days of old to our times and see the world differently. Hanukkah, we know, is the yomtiv of. Let's start this way. Let's start this way. This Shabbos is a very unique Shabbos. It's Shabbos. It's Rosh Chodesh. And it's Hanukkah. Chesidim call it the three kugel Shabbos. Because the women don't go to a shul. So how do the family, the kids who don't go to shul, how do they know that it's a special Shabbos? So on a regular Shabbos, you have one kugel for Shabbos. If it's Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, you have two kugels. And the kids, oh, what's haste? Mama, why are you being two kugels? A potato kugel and a lakshin kugel? So, oh, it's Rosh Chodesh also. Oh, wow. Rosh Chodesh. Different, a whole different kedusha. Yalva yavoi. We say halil, and when it's Hanukkah, Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, and Hanukkah, you have three kugels. My wife doesn't like kugel so much, so it'll be the three salad kugel, three <laughs> salad Shabbos. We'll have three salads, okay, in California style, a little more health, a little healthier. But because each one represents a different kedusha. There's kedusha Shabbos. We have a different davening. We have Hallel, but only half Hallel, right? And Hanukkah, we have full Hallel all eight days. We can take out three Sifrei Torah on Shabbos, all the Sibchas Torah. 
We're emptying out the Aron Kaidish. Shuls have to make sure they have th- three Sifrei Torah or else they have to, you know, turn from one to the other. But three Sifrei Torah are going to come out of the... It's an unusual situation. That's what's going to happen to Shabbos. And each one represents a dimension of Kedusha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into the world. What is the Kedusha and the lesson of Hanukkah? It's... it's represented in Shabbos, we change the nusach of the whole tefillah. We don't say the regular 19 brachas. We change it to seven brachas. One middle bracha, it's called Kedushas Hayoyim, right? The sanctity of the day, it changes from Friday night to Shabbos day and to Shabbos mincha, which is plenty to talk about. Shabbos is, has three dimensions to it. And, you know, not for now. Rosh Chodesh has its dimension. We add, what do we add on Rosh Chodesh? Yalav Yavoi. And on, and on Hanukkah, we add Al Hanisim. Now, we have to understand in the, in the tefillah, we add Rosh Chodesh, we add Yalav Yavoi, where? In Ritzei. We say Yalav Yavoi. That's in the bracha called the bracha of Avoida. There's additional carbonus. So in the Avoida we had for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur, for 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 all the Yom Sukkot and Pesach and Shavuos, we add Yalav Yavoi, right? In the Bracha of Avoida. On Hanukkah, we don't say Yalav Yavoi. We don't add Alanisim in Avoida. Where do we add Yalav Yavoi in Moidim? Only Hanukkah and Purim. Have that distinction where we say Allah Nisim and we add it to Maidim. That tells us something. We read it and read it for how many years and, and we don't know what it's talking about. The idea is that the, the, the uniqueness and the beauty of Maidim, of giving gratitude, of giving thanks to Akashbohu, is expanded on Hanukkah and Purim in a way that is being expressed, that is there in every, any regular Tuesday, Maidim, but we don't see it, we don't appreciate it. There comes the days of Hanukkah, when those miracles happened in the past, that now we can express and say, this is what I'm giving Maidim for, this is what the Maidim is all about. Now, I've mentioned this in, in the other shiur, and we said that that the, the famous Gemara in Yuma, you know, says that, uh, that more Yuma Chavtes, it says that why is Esther compared to the morning star? Lama Nimshla Esther La Ayela Sashachar in Tehillim Kapitel Chav Beis 22. That's the, that's the capital we say on Purim. Because it talks about, and, and the Gemara says, because just like the morning star is the end of the night, where the redemption, where things are become clear, so also Esther and Purim is the end of the miracles. So the Gemara asks, what about Hanukkah? Don't, why, why are you forgetting about Hanukkah? So, so the Gemara answers, Hanukkah was not given to be written down. Purim has a Megillah, Megillah's Esther, the 24th book of Tanakh. Hanukkah does not have a book. 
does not have a book. Does not have a book. So from there, Chazal Reb Yashor starts his essays about Hanukkah in this vein, is that there's a dimension of what's called Tur Peh that Hanukkah represents. In that being the representation of Tur Peh, it means that there's an endless application and there's endless appreciation of what? Of what we should be appreciative about. Where the maidim, where our maidim lies. We say every day in the maidim, every three times a day, we say, The miracles that are with us every day. Did you have a miracle yesterday? Did you have a miracle yesterday? Yeah, you did. You, you woke up in the morning, your heart is still pumping, and your your family is still healthy. Those are miracles. We don't see them as a miracle. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Okay, okay, you're right. It's not a joke. It's no joke. We say it every day, three times a day. Chanukah, we have the opportunity to connect with that in a deeper, more profound way. And this is, this is, and when we do, then it becomes like a dream compared to the reality. It becomes like, wow, I, I was, what I expressed yesterday was like a, like a dream. It was, it was like nothing in, now I really understand what is going on. That's the power of Hanukkah, that it's loy nitinli kosev, it's not limited, it's not finite. You read it in a book, you're reading about something and now you have to apply it. Hanukkah gives us the dimension of a yomtev and a weekday. What a unique creation that the Chachamim made on Purim and Hanukkah, that it's a yomtev, we have mitzvahs, we have you know, things that we got to do, but it's still, we go out and drive in our car. And we go out and, to work. At least on, on Hanukkah, right? It's not Asr B'Molacha. It's only there, to give us a perspective on, on, on what, what is, what's the... And this is, this is, this is what the Yom Tev of Hanukkah is 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 all about. Now, in other words, like new eyes, or I should say, the clouds is the film is removed from the eyes to see the normal as the miraculous. That's right. Rabbi Galinsky's mother was looking. Well, that was the, with the pa- the newspaper. So these women were seeing the Titanic. She saw like what's gonna what this is the guy Titanic, and they were all looking at the just like like what was the the hop on the on the newspaper. Well, she was just saying that they could have this fear from a false reality, mm-hmm. from the limited uh, exposure so to what. So the news is you have to turn it. You have to be seeing it the right side up mm-hmm. to be able to appreciate mm-hmm. uh, what's going on. Hanukkah gave us this 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 opportunity, and in in the history of Hanukkah, mm-hmm. we find this. In the history of Hanukkah, you know the you know the Gemara. The Gemara in, in uh, the last Gemara in Sukkah, that when we finished Masech the Sukkah, so it, it, it tells us that um, that there was 
that in the time of Hanukkah, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of, of assimilation, which is what the Kohanim stood up against. There was a lot of assimilation, until the the there was a a woman called Bilga. There, were, uh, there was a, a mishmar, one of the groups of kahanim that did the work in the in the base of Mikdash was called Bilga, and she was Miriam Bas Bilga, the daughter of Bilga, who married out. She married a Greek officer, and and Rashi over there, Mamish, the last Amud of Masech the Sukkah, Nun says that she married. It was a time, and it says it was the time of Hanukkah, the time right right before Hanukkah. And she ran into the base of Migdash, and she ran over to the Mizbeach, and she took off her shoe, and she banged on the, on the Mizbeach. He says, "How long?" He says, "Mizbeach, how long are you going to waste the resources of the Jewish people by demanding carbonas for this and a carbon for that? We have reason. We have our own. Re- we work hard for our money, and you're wasting our resources." And, and it was a terrible thing, and there was a, they, they made a decree against the whole Mishmar. Or asks, why did you punish the whole Mishmar? And she said, because obviously the attitude of the, where does a, a girl get such an attitude? She must have heard it at home from her mother or her father. Maybe not in such glowing terms, but the attitude grows from, from insensitivity or unappreciation from looking at that either the sky is falling or the Titanic is, 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 uh, is drowning. So Rabbi Isaac Sher says, what was the, the essence of their sin? These, the, the, this person and these people at that time. So he brings, he brings in a Gemara and a Rashi's commentary in Avedah Zorah. Nun Beis of Beis. It says, you know why the Hashman, the Beis Hashmanoim, they, they put away the stones of the Mizbeach that the y- Yavon desecrated, which is what we, ha- we celebrate on Hanukkah, the Hanukkah San Mizbeach. Why, why, did, why did they put away the stone? Why didn't they just rebuild it with those same stones? So Rashi explains because when the Yavonim came in to destroy, to desecrate the Beis HaMikdash, the people lost hope in the Beis HaMikdash. They gave up hope. His words are, Rashi says, When they came into the sanctuary, the, the, the vessels of the Beis HaMikdash became regular. Why did they become regular? So they became regular because people gave up hope. Usually, They could desecrate, but they can't. They could break it, but they can't desecrate it. That you can't use it again. But once, if the if the people gave up hope, 
and they sort of gave up the, the kedusha of those stones, so then the, the, the Greeks, the, the Yevonim who came into the Eichol, they were being coined from Hefker. They gave up on it. They're coined by Hefker, then it became Tomei. So what was the problem? The problem was that the Jews gave up hope. That's an amazing, that's a, that's an amazing uh, uh, concept. And that was the idea of the woman who smacked her shoe on the. That's the right. She that's said, right. It's a waste of time. Now. It's a waste it's of working. time and it's effort. Not it's just like there's an empty, empty actions, and that was a pervasive attitude that she must have learned from her neighbors, from her family, in some small way. She took it to the to the nth degree. She took it to a to a to a terrible uh, end that she assimilated. That mice was during the era of the Greeks. of the of, uh, yeah, of Hanukkah. The May Chashmon Rashi in Sukkah, the last Rashi in Sukkah, it says that this was in the time of Yochanan Koin Godel, Yochanan Ubanov. This is what they were up against. The people were giving up, and this is what the miracle of Hanukkah came, that it. It took the what we call the choil, which is also part of the word of chaloim, has the word choil in it, which is a regular day, and it made it into a future, made it into a dream. When I can take choil and take, which is also the word for sand, Jews are compared to sand because sand gives boundaries. But choil means weekday as opposed to kedusha. We can take the weekday, we take the what's normal, what's, what seems to be regular, and by making it into a dream, by making it into a chaloim, we can make it into something futuristic, something that's to look forward to, something that needs interpretation, and the king can't sleep. He, this is something unique, this is something unusual, this is something great. This is what the, the Hashmonoim did in the time of, in the time of Hanukkah, this is what they accomplished. This is what we we've read in the in the in the Chayvus Halvavus. The whole idea of Chayvus Halvavus. We know we have Chayvus Evarim. The the, the says we all know what to do. We read the Shulchan Aruch, right? We know what to do when we wake up in the morning. You wash your hands like this, and when you eat bread, you wash your hands like this. Those are Chayvus Evarim. The obligations of Arthur. Put on tefillin. You're a righty. Put it on your left hand. You know we. Paratalis, how do you do it? Those are chayvus evor. We all we don't know, so we look at the shulchan aruch. The chayvus alvavus says there is no shulchan aruch for chayvus alvavus. We can't be doing empty acts. We can't be doing empty dreams, empty, empty things. What does it all mean? What is it trying to take us? What's the future? So he he found the the obligation, and he and therefore he wrote the book chayvus alvavus that we are obligated to search into the depth of our hearts, where is this taking me? What does this mean? That's what, that's what, what Hanukkah is all about. And, and he says on page one, we, we said we had this on page 157 in Sharpi Tochen, in the Art School of Edition, he says that when a person understands how to, how to appreciate their success, they won the lottery. Their job, they just got promotion. So he says, without a perspective, 
a deep perspective, a person will be mishabeach hasiba, he will be praising the means instead of the cause. He'd be looking at the means. The, the boss gave me this raise, therefore I got to do whatever he wants. What if he asks me to desecrate Shabbos? I got to answer my phone for him on Shabbos? What do I do then? Because a person can forget to look at the Siba, the means, and forget the cause. The cause is the Zakonj Baruch Hu, is, is the Rabbani Shalom. And that's how a person has to deal with success, to realize that the success, and that's the expansion of Maidim, that's the expansion of appreciation. That's what Hanukkah does. It gives us an expanded appreciation of the Maidim, the Brach of Maidim that we say every single day. Now we brought this connection between Hanukkah and Purim. The Rambam takes us to a new level. The Rambam wrote a sefer called Yad HaChazaka. And it also goes through most of the sefer, not the whole sefer, it's Yad, it's 14 books that he wrote. And it also goes through how a person uh, thinks and how a person observes the mitzvahs. And it has Hilchas Pesach and Hilchas Sukkot, Hilchas Lulav and Hilchas Yom Kippur and Hilchas Avodas Yom Kippur and Hilchas Yarsh Hashanah. Many years ago, when I when we lived in San Diego, we had a, we started a coil there in San Diego back in 1989. Actually, we moved there in 1988. We moved to LA in 1990. The 1980 end of 87, and we were there for two years. During those two years, we were visited by a very special person. His name was Rav Moshe Shlita. His name was Moshe Shlita. He was the head of what is the Oitzra Paiskin. So he was a very, very big Tamachacham, a very special person. And he had a certain illness. I don't, know, I don't remember what it was exactly. And the best doctor in the world for him was in San Diego. So he and his son-in-law came to San Diego for... They were there for about two months. So being the Kailu, we, we started taking care of him. We visited him in the hospital, and we, we, we set up an apartment when he needed to rehabilitate before he can go back there to Israel. So before he left, he gave us a shear when he was filling up to it, and he gave each of us the sefer that he wrote. Besides being the editor of Oitzra Paiskim, he wrote a sefer called Sha'arim Bahalacha. And he inscribed it. I have it here from... Tavshin Memches. It's a long time before you all you were born. It's a long time ago. It's not you. Not you. Okay. 19, 1988 or something, 89. The Sefer is about how the Shulchan Aruch, how the tour was orchestrated, how it was ordered or organized. It's an amazing work. Just like the Mishnah was an amazing work of Torah Shabal Peh. The tour, which was the predecessor of the Shulchan Aruch, made an order to now the Rambam also has an order to his thing, and he, he compares in the Sefer how they're different. The order of the tour and the order, what's the philosophy of the tour, what's the philosophy of the Rambam? So one of, one of the primary examples that he brings where we see the difference is that if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, take the Mishnah Bura, and you think that it starts from Wake up in the morning, is Gabri Kari, 
And what's the end of Orachayim? After the six volumes of the Mishnah the last halacha is Hilchas Megillah, where it ends off with Toiv Leiv Mishnah Tamid, that good, good hearts always party, are always happy. That's the, that's the Pasuk in Mishlei. And, and that's how he ends Hilchas Megillah. Why? Because Purim is the last holiday of the year. Right? The holidays start from Pesach. Pesach is the first month of the year, Nisan. And the last holiday of the, of the year, not Rosh Hashanah, of course, we change the year as well, but Purim is the last. That's how Orachim ends. The Rambam has a different... The Rambam has... The last halachas in, in the Seder, Sefer Zmanim is Hilchus Chanukah. He switches Chanukah and Purim. First comes Purim, Hilchus Megillah, then comes Hilchus Chanukah. So he says, why? So he says, because the Rambam didn't write his book based on how we performed the mitzvahs. He based his book on when the miracles happen chronologically. And this nase of Purim, like we saw in the Gemara in Yuma, says it's Saif Kol Anisim, that's Nisim Likasim, it has a Megillah. The miracle of Hanukkah happened after, during the middle of the second Beis HaMikdash, 200, over 200 years before, before Hanukkah. And this is what he says in Hilchas Megillah. He says that Barambam Mesudarim Mikoidim Hilchas Megillah. Vahakach Hilchas Chanukah. Siba Sahevdel, what's the difference? Ki Arambam Haseder Lefi Hamaylo Vachshiva Shel Inyan. U Mitzvah Purim, Mufureshes Megillah Esther. It's written down in Megillah Esther. So it has, it has preference. It also happened first, which means it happened first. Shumen Aksuvim. It has Tanach. Vehem Nikrom Divri Kabbalah. Mashenke in Hanukkah, Hirak mitzvah the Rabbonon. So Petur Lumazeh, but the tour organizes things, the Fismani Ashana, how you perform them. And now we look up Hilchas Hanukkah before Purim. Is, uh, we'll worry about Purim in a few months. But there's something else that we have to look at the Rambam, the way he designed it. He didn't just write Hilchas Megillah. He wrote, there's four prokim, four chapters. In the same Hilchas Megillah, he put them both together. Perak Aleph and Perak Beis is Hilchas Megillah. Perak Gimel and Dalid is Hilchas Hanukkah. So he didn't just put Purim first, he connected them together. They're all one. Because they do share I think the, the idea is they because they do share a an understanding and an expansion of maiden, of gratitude, being grateful. But Hanukkah takes it, it's like Purim 2.0. It takes it to a new level. That way, Hanukkah takes it to a new level. And that's why we find by, by Purim, something very, very unique. By Hanukkah, I'm sorry. By Hanukkah, we find something very unique. The Rambam writes, in the end of Hilchas Hanukkah, 
Mitzvah's ner Hanukkah, mitzvah chaviva hi admoid. It's the only mitzvah that the Ramam writes. This is very dear. Mitzvah chaviva hi admoid. Lighting the candles. Lighting the candles. It doesn't say ner Hanukkah, but dafka ner Hanukkah. And a person has to be very careful. Because he has to Hoisif, he has to add also the word Yosef in the Parsha gratitude on miracles that was done to us. And then the Ramam says something he doesn't say anywhere else. He says even if he doesn't have what to eat and he is supported totally from charity Shoyal, he has to borrow, or Meichek Susi has to sell his clothing to buy oil and candles for Umadlik and to light the candles. Now, the Rambam, what? Oil and candles. So it seems the Rambam is saying it's not enough to buy uh, candles, he wants you to do it even Mahadrim and Mahadrim, the oil even though you can get away with candles. And it's a, it's a good point, a good, uh, good uh, diok you're asking. But, so the, the Mephorshim say, where does Ram get this? It's not from the Gemara. The Gemara doesn't say this. So the Magad Mishnah, one of the classic commentaries on the Rambam, says he gets this from Dalad Kaisis, from the four cups of wine on Seder night. It's a mitzvah drabonon. And afilu oniyam efarnes menatztoka, the Mishnah says, has to have four cups of wine. But it never uses the Lushan to sell his clothing. It's implied. And even the Rambam doesn't write it by in Hilchas Chometzu Matzah. But here the Rambam writes it outright that a person has to borrow and even there it's mashra that you have to push the tzedaka to give them more money to buy four cups of, of wine. It must borrow and, and or sell clothes? Yeah, even sell his clothing. And, and the, the Magi Mishnah says it's a kolshkein. It's, it's, it's a kalvachimer from Dalit Kaisis. If Dalit Kaisis, you have to do this. By the way, it doesn't say it, you have to do that, but it's mashma that you have to do that. So all the more so by Hanukkah. And the, the commentaries add, what's the Kolchkein? He's saying it's the same thing. This is Parsuminisa and this is Parsuminisa. But the idea is that, that what the Rambam sees, and this I'm quoting from the altar of Kelm in his Sefer Chochma Musar, um, chapter 60, talks about Persuminisa. The, the altar of Kelm makes a statement there about this halacha, about why the Rambam is the only one who says you got to sell your clothing. He says, where does the Rambam get this from? So he says, you know why? Because the Rambam was a Balmusser, he writes. <laughs> a lot of people learn Musser, but they're not a Balmusser. The Rambam is a Balmusser. How do we know he's a Balmusser? Because he sees what we don't see. He sees in the miracle of Purim more than lies in the four cups of wine on Seder night. He sees in the, in the lighting of the candles, he sees a dream. He sees future. He sees 
potential he sees not giving up, not be making your everything life hefker. Because you know when life's hefker, we're, 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 we, do, we do a lot of crazy things. When we don't think that there's a uh, hope. hope. My Rosh Hashiva used to say, Rabbi Socha Meir, used to say that when economics are down, Gambling goes up. Buying the lottery goes up. He says, why? He says, because people have nothing to live for. Why not gamble away? Maybe I'll hit it rich. It's not because they have so much hope, like you would think. Buy the luck, I have so much hope. Even in a one in a two billion, you know, they're going to win. Because they lost hope. Hanukkah gives us perpetual hope. The Rambam saw in lighting the Hanukkah candles, he saw all the miracles of Itzias Mitzrayim, he saw all the miracles of, of, of Matan Torah. What we mentioned on, on Pesach, he saw that in the lights of Hanukkah candles. And therefore he says the Jewish people have to, every single Jew has to be able to light candles. And therefore sell your clothing. Sell, it's worth it. Sell the shirt off your back. And make sure you have candles burning in your home. So you see it, your wife sees it, your children see it, and the people who walk by the house see it. And that's why the Rambam, he says, is about Musr. Because he, he can see things that we don't see. In other words, if a person gives up hope, that's the end. That's the end. That's the end. That's the end. Yeah, never. There was, a, there was a Yid, there was a Yid whose name was Mike Tress. There's a book written about him. They, they call, an art school about him. They called him Mike. He was the head of the Agudas Yisrael after, during the war, after the war, and he worked very diligently. His, his great-grandson lives here in L.A. Um, and and Reb David Trank, well, this is just a great book, Just Love Them. Reb David Trank made himself a Talmud Muvak of this Mike Tress. He was a balbus. He was a working fellow, but he was so dedicated to... so. He, he says that one day, Mike Tress, who was learning in the, in the yeshiva, or it was a Talmud of, of, um, of uh, Shagra Feivel Mendelovich, the great pioneer of Torah, who started Torah Masoira, who was very involved in setting up schools, started Torah Vidas, and, and helped Hutner start Chaim Berlin. He put schools and yeshivas on the map. He hated to be called uh, rabbi, the, he, Mr. Mr. Mendelovitz. But he, <laughs> my, my father-in-law was a Talmud of his also in Torah Vidas. And it says, Mike Tress, Dovah Trank says, he would tell over the story that Shagraf Ivan Mendelovitz came into Shear one day and he said that he had a dream. Talk about dreams. He had a dream. And he shared it with the people. And it was a dream that Mashiach came. And among the G'dayla Yisrael that came to greet the Mashiach, there was a clean-shaven Jew. And Mashiach asked, who's this this clean-shaven person among the G'dayla Yisrael? And, and, And the answer came, says, his name is Elimelech Gavriel Tress. And he's the one who brought you here. This was the dream that Rabbi Shagavai Mendelovitz shared in Shir. And Rabbi Mendelovitz and Rabbi 
Mike Tress was there in the year. <laughs> he was there when he said it. And Rabbi Trank, when he said over this story, he says, why did Rabbi Shagar Feivel, when he said this, that Mike Tress was the one who brought Mashiach? He says, of course, he was a hero. He did a lot of good things. But the G'dayli Israel, they taught Torah, they, they give Shurim, they everything. He says, so he said, because we know the second base of Migdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam, baseless hatred. The G'dayli Yisrael, of course, brought back Torah to Klal Yisrael. But he says, Mike Tress is the one who brought Mashiach because he brought the regular people back to Torah. He, not in cure of Rechaikim, but in give people hope for future. He started this day school movement. He helped, he helped the Agudas Yisrael with the, bring over the, the refugees from Europe. And, and Mike Tress erased Sinas Chinam, which so you, sometimes you have to have the vision. You have to have a, be a dreamer, like Roshagra Fivel Mendelovich, to be able to see this is the reason. Here he is, Mike Tress. He's the one who caused Mashiach to be. The Rambam was able to see in the midst of Hanukkah that it's so important for every single home to have a, 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 a light of Hanukkah that people will see in that little light the vision and the hope for the future, the dream, that he was the one, he was the one who, and this is why there's something unique about the hill in, in Hanukkah, that the Gemara says that Amadlik makes three brachas the first night, Vaharoya, even if you see you're on a boat, you, you're on a, stuck on a plane, and you cannot light candles. You know, they'll arrest you if you light candles on a plane. Believe me, don't try it. So what do you do? There's something called Haroya Ner Hanukkah. If, if somehow when you're landing on a plane or you're driving or you're on a train, you have no way to light candles, you see candles, you can make the bracha. Not Lahadlik Ner Hanukkah, but you can make Shasa Nisim. Hmm. Only mitzvah. And we, we had that Taisus in, in, in Sukkah, Memvavim and Aleph, that asks, why? Why by Hanukkah? But you don't say, Haroya Sukkah, Haroya Matzah, Haroya this, that you make a bracha. Only by, only by Hanukkah. Why? So Taisus says, because Hanukkah is such a mitzvah chaviva. It's such a dear mitzvah. What's so dear, what's so dear about it? He doesn't explain what is so dear about it. Well, something that gives us perspective, something that gives us something to dream over, something to keep our dreams alive, that's Chaviv. That's Chaviv. That means it's, it, me, it's, it's, it represents me. That's Chaviv. That's what Taisa says in, in Sukkot of Mem Vav Menalv. That's why, that's why this mitzvah is so is so unique and so special. Can you make the blessing on any candle that you see? Or do you have to be a Hanukkah candle. candle. Yeah, menorah, yeah, yeah. If you see someone else's house, right. and, and, and you, you, you're not able to light. It's only if you're not lighting yourself. Then you make a bracha on Haraya. And no one's lighting for you. So these, you know, these, there's 36 
candles of Hanukkah. You know, with the Shamashim is another another eight. It's forty-four candles. Chaloim Ches Lamed Vav Mem. The middle two letters is Lamed Vav. It's thirty-six. Thirty-six. Those are the thirty-six candles of Hanukkah, which keep our dreams alive. They keep us, and it, and Loi means to him, and and we know we know that uh, in in what we say every day, Mizmor Lasoida, which is giving thanks, Mizmor Lasoida. So there's a in we don't see it in the sitter, but if you look in Tillim, Tillim capital a hundred Kuf Kip Kuf. So there's a creek sieve. Who asanu v'loyanachnu? Who asanu v'loyanachnu? It's a creek sieve. It's in the tilim, in the sefer. It's written loy with an aleph, lamed aleph. V'loyanachnu. Who also he made us v'loyanachnu, not us. But the creek we read it as loy with a vav. And that's where you'll find it in the Siddur. V'loi lamed aleph, lamed vav. Loi anachnu. And he is to us. V'loi anachnu. And we, I mean, we are to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Who says that right, Friedman? It's a nice shot. Yeah. The 36 is low. Low. Yeah. 36 is low. It's all up. And, and, this, and this, uh, this has to do with the, with the 36... 36 lights of Hanukkah, which it's a whole different uh, sheer on, the, on, on, um, on the, the dimensions of that. But that's where the, the, the dream of Yosef, the dream of Paro, which impacted Yosef in such a special way, that's the connection, part of the connection to the, this week's Marsha. Okay, have a good Shabbos. Shabbos. <laughs>